Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you love the sound of squeaking sneakers on a shiny hardwood? You get just as pumped about a fast break dunk as you do a touchdown pass. Would you be just as excited to meet Jimmy Jackson as you would Archie Griffin? If so, then this is the show for you. You're listening to Shots from the Shot, presented by the OHIO Podcast. Now it's game time. OHIO, and welcome to Shots from the Shot. I am your host tonight, Buckeye Boggs. I usually don't host. I'm usually the co-host with The Monk, but The Monk uh, who will be joining us with a, in a segment later on, uh, was unable to record with us this evening. Uh, and he is doing better, so we're thankful for that. But my co-host tonight is the Wild Man, Chris Wilds. How's it going tonight, Chris? Oh, it's great, Eric. I'll tell you, it's been, uh, like you said, been, been a little challenging. It's a Monday on a Tuesday as we're recording, but I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, really, uh, yeah, pretty good day. Good deal. Good deal. Thanks for jumping on here with us tonight. And, uh, you know, Chris, what's awesome about, uh, he, uh, uh, I guess, basketball is we're going to be able to bet on these basketball games oh, here yeah. very shortly, man. Here in Ohio, come January 1st, you'll be able to do online betting legally in the state of Ohio. And one of the one of the apps that you can download to do so is DraftKings. DraftKings is calling all Ohio sports fans. In just a few weeks, DraftKings Sportsbook will be live starting January 1st. You'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code OHIOPODCAST. Plus... Five lucky customers will win a $100,000 free bet. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code OHIOPODCAST to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio. Plus, five customers will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code OHIOPODCAST only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966-21+. Physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per new customer. $200 issued as $825 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms and official rules at DKNG dot co slash o h all right chris let's talk a little bit about basketball shall we let's do it 
So um, last week, uh, the undefeated Buckeyes, uh, of course, they were 3-0 and at the time, had the opportunity to go play in the Maui Invitational. Boy, you want to talk about a great location to go play a tournament, man. Right. Maui would be all right, wouldn't it? Especially when you're leaving Ohio to get there. <laughs> right. I would uh, I would gladly do so as well. Uh, no doubt about that. Of course, Maui being in Hawaii, as I'm sure all of you know, that's the home of one justice suing. So he got to go home, Chris. I thought that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. He played a little ball while he was down there, too. He did play a little ball. The Buckeyes went two and one in the Maui Invitational. They lost their opening round game to um, uh, previously undefeated San Diego State, 88 to 77. The Buckeyes then went on in the second round in the loser's bracket to play fellow Ohio school Cincinnati, and they just trounced the Bearcats 81-53. to Then they played in the uh, uh, winner's bracket of the loser's bracket, I guess you could say, or the winner's, winner's game of the loser's bracket. One previously ranked 21st in the nation, Texas Tech, uh, that's the game where Justice Suing just went off, and the Buckeyes won 80-73. to 73. So if you recall last time the Monk and I recorded, I said their goal should be to go into Maui and go 2-1. and one. Uh, Obviously, you want them to win that first game. They didn't, but they came away 2-1, and one, and they did beat uh, a previously top 25-ranked Texas Tech. Your overall impressions of how they did in Maui, Chris? Well, I thought they did pretty well, and, and this was a big thing, Eric. I was really surprised at, at where this team is at right now with so many new players, so many young players. I really thought we were going to see more struggles than we have out of the gate. You know, it's tough to replace the kind of production you have with EJ Waddell and Kyle Young and Malachi Branham, not to mention the stability you had both on the court and off from, you know, a guy like Seth Towns. But watching this team this season, Justice Suing is really, I think, providing some great senior leadership. Sensible and Thornton, I think they're playing great, the, the freshman. Zed Key, man, he's playing so well right now, just physical down in the post. He had the, adds that three, which allows him to extend defenses out a little bit, draw those bigs away, open up some lanes. And the transfers are playing really well. I think Chris Holtman did a great job with the transfer portal as well this year. I think the team is aggressive, but at times still shows patience. Not all the time. I wish they'd be a little more patient at times. Uh, I think they play solid defense. And what impressed me in this is even in the loss to San Diego State, this team kept fighting. There was just no quit in this team. Uh, Given the talent, you know, I expected a good team. But I feel that Holtman really uh, has these guys a little bit ahead of schedule, Eric. I, I think that. You know, what we have seen and what I saw in the Maui Invitational, I saw a tough physical team, which, you know, in the Big Ten, you've got to be tough and physical, whether it's football or basketball. Right. Uh, And I also saw, you know, like I said, some outstanding performances by suing. Uh, Of course, Sensible is looking really great. Um, But I think everybody is meshing really well and ahead of what I thought they would. I thought we were going to see a team down the road that was going to be where we're at now, but I didn't think that they would be here yet. Now, that being said, over the next few weeks, we've got Duke, and I believe on December 17th, we've got North Carolina. Mm -hmm. That's when we're going to find out how good this team really is. Um, 
I don't know that I expect them to win either or both. That's a tall order. But if they compete and keep it close and they win the games they are supposed to win right now and sneak a few in, I think this sets up well for this team later in the season and on a potential tournament run. So, yeah, so let's I always like to look at things in the big picture with the basketball team, Chris, unlike the football team where we live and die from week to week. Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, I like I said, I kind of set the bar to go two and one in Maui and. And then I, you know, hope we'll see what they do against Duke. Uh, as you'll hear later in this in this broadcast from a previously recorded uh, segment that the Monk does, he he fully expects Ohio State to go into Duke and win. I think that's a tall order. I really do. I know Duke's coming coming off of a big a big loss to Purdue, which was previously unranked. <clears throat> but as you and I both know, Purdue's a very good basketball school. Oh, it's, it's it's their bread and butter. But. Uh, if they can come away from, you know, the Duke North Carolina games going one and one, I think that is a very good, good, you know, bar to set for them to split those games, um, whether it be Duke or whether it be North Carolina, I could care less. You know, I, I think the North Carolina game might be a little easier to be honest with yeah. you because it's, it's not in their gym. It's on a neutral, on a neutral court. Whereas Duke is going into their barn and that is, that is Cameron indoor is a tough place to play, Chris. It is. It is. I'll tell you what though. I've always wanted to go there from what it appears on TV. It just seems like a fabulous venue for basketball. I think it's going to be, you know, a really great game. Uh, I love what our defense is doing so far. And I, I think they can give Duke a challenge whether they win or not. Again, that like you say, like I said, tall order. So, uh, but you know, I think that they've they've got a fighting chance, and that defense keeps them in it. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Of course, the monks can talk about it here shortly. But let's talk a little bit about where they currently set, Chris. They are now ranked in the top twenty-five, so they, <coughs> they have they have found their way into the top twenty-five, AP top twenty-five. They were previously unranked, like we said, and you know, I say it's a pretty good start for them this season. I think they're currently five and one. Uh, as they go into this big game against the Blue Devils. Are you surprised at all by this quick start? I mean, you've got all these transfers. You've got all these freshmen outside of Justice Suing, who's coming off of a year, a lost year of injury. And Zed Key, who, you know, is is really the only returning player with any any kind of time, on, uh, you know, outside of Justice Suing on this team. Are you surprised with what you're seeing uh, from this basketball team this early on in the season. Yeah, this is where I thought we would be maybe in mid-January. I think we have meshed really well early on. Uh, hats off to Holtman. He is doing a great job there. Like I said, I think he did a wonderful job in the transfer portal, bringing in some of these guys. Uh, and, and they just they provide good leadership. They provide good stability, the transfer guys. And I'll tell you what, this recruiting class has the potential to just be phenomenal. Uh, I think I look at guys like Akpara. He's not getting a lot of points, but I love what he's doing down in the post as far as, you know, he's, he's rebounding. He's getting two and a half rebounds a game. He's getting 3.3 uh, you know points a game, but he's getting 1.2 blocks per game. And Eric, this guy is, is only playing about, has only played about 85 minutes this year. He has the fewest minutes of any of our major contributors. And I love what he's bringing when he's on the floor. You mentioned Zed Key. 
Man, this kid, you know, I liked him last year. I love what he's done in developing his game this year. Um, Like I said, the the, the first game where where you're sitting there watching and he takes that first three, it's like, no, 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 yes. (laughs) Right. You know, and then he does it again and again. You know, it's like this was not something I expected, but something that I really like what they've done with his game. He's still physical. He's still a major presence on the, you know, in the post. But he can draw defenders out now and open up the post for guys like, uh, you know, Sensible, who loves to just, you know, get somebody, fake them out and drive to that basket and play just what I like to call a patient aggression. Mm-hmm. He sits back and, and I wish we would do this a little bit more. When we move the ball around, Eric, and we don't do it quite enough, I don't think, and I'm going to touch on that later. But when we really get the ball moving well and he has the chance to pick his moment, man, does that kid finish strong to the rack? Yeah. It, it is something to see. And, <clears throat> again, I think this is something I expected to see about mid-January. I am I am surprised at where Coltman has his team at right now. Yeah, you hit on it that the, the transfers and the upperclassmen – so all three transfers are, are seniors. And, of course, when I say upperclassmen, I'm talking about fifth-year senior justice suing and then junior Zed Key. Their ability to mix well with this group of freshmen <clears throat> that have been recruited and brought in, true freshmen who are playing, Bryce Sinzenball, uh, you got Roddy Gale Jr., um, uh, 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 you've got, uh, you mentioned him, Felix Akpara. Um, they just, yeah, they, yeah, Bruce Thornton. There you go. Yeah. They, they just, it's like they've been playing all like for a couple years is what it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they're just gelling really, really well. And I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I don't, I'm, I guess, I guess I didn't have very high expectations that, that was going to take place given the outcome of the last previous seasons. Um, but and I think that's a testament to the upperclassmen. Don't you think, I mean, these guys aren't big, like ego guys. Cause if, if, if any of these guys had an ego, there would, you would not see the gelling that we're seeing right now. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I think hats off to the upperclassmen, uh, especially the guys who came in the transfer guys. I mean, um, you know, you you've got the kid who uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, the the uh, guard that transferred in. Oh, uh, likely. Well, likely and Isaac the, likely, and then Tanner Holden. Yes, Holden. Uh, that was what I was thinking. Holden was a kid who averaged twenty points a game last year. Yeah, over at Wright State. Yeah. I mean, he's playing very unselfish basketball right now. Extremely. Uh, you know, I think that he is doing him and likely both, I think, are operating very well as leaders on that floor. I think what Justice Suing is doing is just fabulous. But again, I think this also goes a lot to Chris Holtman for, I think, realizing the personalities and the type of players he needed, getting those guys in. You know, we, we've heard the expression before. It's not always about getting the best player. It's about getting the, the best player fit right and he has done that these guys fit what he wants to do and he's got them buying in and they are they're just playing very good defense they're playing very unselfish basketball 
I mean, you look at Sensiball, he could be out there going, I think, easily 20, 25 points a game. Uh, Zed Key, another guy, if he was demanding the ball more, easily a 20-point-a-game guy, I think. Uh, Justice Suing, same way. But these are guys who are just buying in to what Chris Holtman is trying to do out there, and they're sharing the ball, and it's paying off. They're five and one. All right, let's let's move on to why they are at five and one. Obviously, they're gelling very well. We've we've reiterated that now a couple times now. What's the strength of this basketball team, Chris? Well, I think they've got a few. One of them uh, goes to the depth. You look at the depth on this team with the guys we've brought in. Right now, we can easily go, what, seven guys deep, eight guys deep without without losing a whole lot. Yeah, I think you, Felix is when you when you get when Felix Akpar comes off the bench, and he's like what the ninth guy probably. Yeah, right you now. lose the offense at that mm-hmm. point, but he brings so much of a defensive presence that I think it almost offsets a little bit what he's not doing on offense. Correct. Um, I agree. But yeah, that's about, I think, the depth. And if you look at at this team, this is a team scoring 33.43 points per game from the bench. Wow. That's 22nd best in the country. Uh, You know, I think they're also a very good rebounding team. I mean, if you look at the Buckeyes right now, 12th in the nation in rebounding, grabbing, uh, or in rebounding ratio, I should say. They are out-rebounding their opponents by an average of 11 rebounds a game. They're averaging 12.33 offensive boards per game. And one of my favorite fundamentals, Eric, the free-throw shooting. You know, we I mentioned a little bit earlier that aggressiveness that we've seen out of some of these guys. It pays off when they go to the line because we are converting free-throws, ninth best in the nation, 80.56%. So... I, I think those things, along with this, I think, aggressive and more physical mentality have just led to what we've seen so far. I would I would add to that one thing. I agree with you 100%, Chris. But let me add one more thing that I – right now – and I don't know that it's necessarily a strength. Ob- well, obviously it's a strength, but it's – Something that I think former Chris Holtman teams lacked that this team is doing, and that is their their ability to move the ball within the offense. Yeah. They are not stagnant offensively. They're not just throwing the ball and looking for one guy to score. And I don't know if it's because they don't have one true ace, because even though Bryce sends the ball right now is playing just head and shoulders above what any of us thought he would do this early on in his career, and he's definitely going to be an NBA superstar. He's still a freshman, you know? And when you when you have somebody like Justice Suing on your team or Zed Key on your team or the uh, senior transfers like Sean McNeil, we haven't even mentioned him. The dude's playing oh, fantastic. Lights out. Yeah, I'm, I hit my nickname for him is Sean Buckets. Um, the, when you have guys like that, it encourages ball movement because even though you might have a shot, one or two more passes might be to a person who has an even better shot. And when you have that type of movement within your offense, that is extremely difficult to defend. That's why you've seen a lot of teams early on here try to go to a zone defense against us 
yes. because they just can't keep up with our offense. And I felt like in years past, we made it extremely easy for teams to defend us because we just weren't moving well within the offense. I, I don't know how many times I came on shots from the shot and complained about the fact that no one knew how to move in an offense without the basketball. That's not happening with this team. They are playing very unselfish with the basketball, and that has created an, an offensive unit that, although it doesn't have the type of superstars we've had in the past offensively, given the talent we have overall collectively, there's good enough talent here offensively that you can't – it's almost like pick your poison against us. Oh, you're going to try to double down on Zed? Okay, well then, good luck because now Sean McNeil's going to hit two threes in a row and and now you're not going to do that anymore. Oh, you're going to try to put extra pressure on Bryce Sinzenball? No problem. We're just going to swing the ball over to Justice and he's going to drive it down your throat. So there's so many different things that you can do within an offense when they're playing unselfish. And that, to me, is the strength of this team, is their unselfishness. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I, do, I don't completely disagree with you there, Eric. But one thing I would like to see more, and this kind of goes into something we're going to talk about a little bit next, which is one of the some of the weaknesses of the team. I would like to see that unselfishness turn into more assists. Okay, do tell. Like we, are, we are still having, yes, we're moving the ball, but a lot of times these guys are still having to create off the dribble once they get the ball. Because if you look, we are currently tied for 243rd in the nation in assists. We're only averaging 12.6 assists a game. Do you think, though, that that could be more of the offense that Chris Holtman runs, where it's more ISO-driven? It could be. Yeah, that's definitely going to contribute somewhat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if we just – and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it goes a little bit to the youth of these guys that is especially your catch and shoot guys. Maybe they're not hitting those shots as soon as they get them, which is kind of taking some of the assists away. I don't know. <laughs> right. Maybe they haven't yeah. got that rhythm down yet. We we I tell you though, it's kind of funny you mention that. So they sh- there's a shot and a miss, but man, we crash the boards and then we get a stick we do. back. So even though we're not getting maybe the assist numbers, if you look at our offensive rebounding and second chance opportunities, it's really high. Yeah. Um, And then, again, I I kind of stole your thunder there, Eric. I jumped into the weaknesses without letting you transition us. That's fine. Go for it, man. Just You know, I think the biggest weaknesses these guys have right now, believe it or not, I think their biggest is, is youth and inexperience together. And I think those weaknesses lead to the things that I, I didn't consider weaknesses, but maybe flaws, and that being the lack of assists. And then we are currently tied for 66th in the nation in turnovers. Mm. We are turning the ball over a little too much, a little over, I think it's 11 and a half a game. Um, I'd like to see that number under 10. I think if you get under 10, uh, under 10 turnovers a game, you maybe increase those assists to 15. This is a scary team. I agree with you completely. And, you know, I can't fault the point guards for that. No. Because, you know, even though Isaac Likely and Bruce Thornton are your point guards, to combine, they're only averaging three a game. Right. So so it's not necessarily the point guard play. Uh, it's just collectively overall, um, which can happen when you do a lot of ball movement. 
So, you know, I can almost forgive that slightly a little bit because of the aggressive offense that we're playing. It's not just a, it's not just a pick and pop offense. It's not just a one pass and shoot offense. You're trying to find the better shot or the better, the better mismatch within the offense. And so sometimes because you're maybe being a little bit more uh, patient offensively, that can lead to carelessness with the basketball. Um, so I understand why those turnovers are kind of spread throughout the team. If you look at the the game averages of turnovers, it's yeah. almost like every player is averaging one or more a game. So I understand that, and I can be a little bit more forgiving of that based off of what I'm seeing seeing out offensively otherwise. But here's my concern. This is where I think their weakness is. And despite the fact that Felix Akpara has surprised me, especially defensively, which is what I was hoping we would see from him as being a very good uh, defender of the rim. We just don't have the physical presence in the post beyond Zed key that we are going to need in the big 10. Um, I, I give, I, my, I tip my hat to justice suing who at times has played in in the first six games of the season, all five positions for Ohio State already. <laughs> he has played point guard. He has played center. He has played power forward. He's played shooting guard. Uh, he has played forward. He has played every position on this basketball team already. And it's just because we just don't have the big guys in the post and what I'm worried about, Chris, is when we go up against some of the bigger teams in the Big Ten who have both a true center and true power forward, Zed Key's going to find himself in foul trouble. Oh, I can see that because you get a couple of big bodies in there leaning on him. Yeah, I, I can see what you're talking about. And as, as good as Akparo has been, like you said, uh, you know, he's not exactly a huge or – Overweight physical guy in the post at this no. point. He's extremely athletic, but he's yeah. also very raw. He's not been playing basketball very long. Yeah, yeah. This is a kid who, you know, and I look at him a lot. I think, I think Zed Key was a little more offensively gifted last year when he came in. But you look at the difference Zed Key this year to last year, and he was good last year, but he has made a major shift this year. Yeah, he would. You would have maybe two or three times a game when you get raised the roof or finger guns. We're yeah. getting that about two or three times every five minutes. It seems yes, like exactly. Uh, and, and I think Akparo's got that same type of potential. He's just not there yet, like you said, very raw. You know, I, it may be his junior year before we see that kind of play out of him. Are there any other weaknesses that you feel like we need to highlight after the first six games of the season? You know, maybe just a little bit again. I feel like at times we can get a little bit ahead of ourselves, kind of outpace ourselves. I think we need to be a little more patient at times. And like you said, we have the ability to move the ball so well. I think if we just slow down and focus on that sometimes, it's going to improve things a lot. And that's also going to reduce the turnovers. Yeah. When you have, especially when you have multiple freshmen on the floor at one time, the game's so much quicker in college than it was in high school for these guys. 
you yeah. know, and a lot of these guys, even though they played high school football, let's face it, they they made their bread and butter in the AAU, which is Olay defense. You not you you don't get that in college basketball. Everybody plays defense here, okay? Especially the Big Ten, they will knock you down and yes. stand over you and grin about it. Yeah, so I can understand how some of those turnovers are are you know happening when when the freshmen are in there and and the pace of the game picks up a little bit. That's yeah. that's what you saw. Why I think um, uh, San Diego State was able to jump out on us like they were, I think I think the the speed of the game with the athletes that they had kind of surprised some of our freshmen. But I, you know, I'll give them credit. In the second half, they hung in there, and yeah, they got I, it to what four? I think yeah, they yeah, they got it all the way down to four at one point. So they 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 are growing up quickly, Chris, <clears throat> which is which is what we need them to do. And these big games against Duke and North Carolina are only going to benefit them as we prepare for Big Ten basketball down the road. Yes. Chris, let's let's turn our attention to what is going to be the last year of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I don't know if you heard that or not. This is it. The ACC has struck a deal with um, the SEC moving forward. And this has everything to do with television contracts and rights. As we know, ABC is owned by ESPN. ESPN is in bed with the SEC and the ACC in football. And this has bled over now into basketball, where those two conferences are going to be doing their basketball challenge uh, with each other starting in 2023. So this will be the last year that the Big Ten and the ACC Challenge exists. Doesn't mean we won't play any SEC or ACC teams moving forward. It just means that every year we were guaranteed to play an a- ACC team either in their gym or in our own. That will not happen. Rumor is is that it's going to be the Big 12 for the Big Ten, uh, possibly starting next year. We'll see how that goes. But this being the last year for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, we get the we get the best one, man. One of the best ones, anyways. In going to Cameron Indoor to play Duke, let's let's turn our attention a little bit to that. Um, what are your expectations for this game, and uh, you know, are you looking forward to it tomorrow night? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think this is the first big time test for this, these kids. I, I really want to see what they do against a real powerhouse team. I kind of feel like, again, I would love to see them win. And you said, according to Monk, they got what it takes. I'm a little hesitant to jump on that in this first game. I want to go out there and see if they hang in, if they play solid defense, and if we stay as physical as we have been against these opponents who, you know, honestly don't have the athletes we do. Uh, if they can come out and play a solid game and yeah, I'd love to see them win, but I think if they keep this game under five or six points at the end of the game, even, and they look good, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to be a, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon full force, Eric, at that point. (laughs) So you're saying a single digit loss is a pretty good day. For, for this basketball team this early in the season going into a very hostile environment like that. C- compared to what my expectations were initially when I thought, I mean, coming out, I thought we were going to be kind of a middle of the pack Big Ten team at this point that maybe towards the end of the year could become quite dangerous. I think given where we're at, yeah, I think if we 
if we come out with a single digit loss or, or you know a win which i'm really hoping for um yeah that that's going to go a long way and, and i think at that point it might be time to adjust some of our expectations cool um <clears throat> yeah i'm kind of with you on this one um uh, to me, I'm, I think this game is playing with house money. It really is. If you can keep it within single digits, like you said, then that to me, although I don't believe in moral victories, it kind of is one in all honesty. Uh, you're going into one of the toughest places to play college basketball in all of the country. And you're doing so with a very young basketball team. And you're also doing so against a team that's seeking revenge because you beat them in your in your barn last year. So, yeah, I don't have any expectations that they win. If they do, then I'm with you. It might be time to kind of reset our expectations. But that being said, I'm going to turn it over now to the Monk and let him preview this big game for all of you. He also goes into a few minutes of just uh, drooling over Bryce Sensenball, <laughs> which he has always been a big Bryce Sensenball fan ever since he was recruited. Uh, the Monk has, has called him Baby Zion ever since uh, – uh, he read that article about that months ago. And so I'm going to let the monk uh, kind of preview this and talk about him. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. Hello, this is the monk from coming to you from Shats from the Shat. I'm here to give a quick little preview of tomorrow's matchup from for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which features number 17 Duke. With a record of 6-2 versus number 25, Ohio State, with a record of 5-1. The game will be Wednesday night at 7-15 on ESPN. Um, Duke's two losses are to number 6, Kansas. They lost 69-64. And they also, on Sunday, lost to number 24, Purdue. 75 to 56. Their leading scorer is Kyle Filipowski. He averages 15.4 points per game. He is also their leading rebounder at 9.4 a game. Their assist leader is Jeremy Roach with 3.6. And he is also their steals leader with 1.5. Derek Lively, the second leads the team in blocks with 1.4 a game. Um, Duke is averaging as a team 70.8 per game with only Roach and Filipowski scoring in double digits at 15.4 and 12.9. They average 41.9 rebounds per game, 13 assists, uh, 6.6 steals, 3.8 in blocks, with 11.5 turnovers. They shoot 41.7% from the field, 74.6% uh, from the free throw line, and 29.1% from the three-point. Now, Ohio State, their only loss coming last week at the Maui Invitational against San Diego State, 88-77. to And our Buckeyes are led in scoring by Bryce Sensabaugh at 15.8 per game, 
Zed Key leads us on the boards at eight and a half. Isaac Likely is our assist leader at three and a half. Justice Suing is our steals leader at 1.2 per game. And Felix Akapara is our blocks leader also with 1.2. The Buckeyes as a team average 79.3 points per game. Three of the five starters are scoring in double digits. That would be Bryce Sensabaugh, Zed Key, and Justice Suing at 15.8 for Bryce, 12.5 for Zed, and 14.5 for Justice. Our other two starters, McNeil and Thornton, are averaging just under 10 a game at 9.8 and 9.2. The Buckeyes average 41.5 rebounds per game, 12.3 assists, 4.2 steals, 3.5 blocks, and 11.5 turnovers. They're shooting at 48.1% from the floor, uh, 80.6 from the free throw line, 34.1% from the three-point line. So the Buckeyes have been very consistent with their shot selection through the six games so far. They are shooting about 23-point attempts in each game, and they average about 55 to 58 field goal attempts per game. They are getting to the line at a good pace, averaging about 16 free throw attempts per game, and they have shot a very solid percent, especially considering that that seemed to be a struggle at times last year. On paper, both of these teams are very similar, so it should prove to be a very good and competitive game. And so it could very well come down to who is making their free throws, which, good for us, the Buckeyes have a higher free throw percentage that they make. And this is definitely a winnable game. And as I said a couple weeks ago, the Buckeyes will come out of Cameron Indoor Stadium with the win. And now I just... Kind of want to go over Bryce Sensabaugh for a second because he has really just stepped up in a big way. Uh, he has scored at what very well could be a uh, Buckeyes freshman record rate. He jumped right in, did not hesitate to show how valuable that he is and can be for this team. He's got a rare, rare blend of size and speed. And then you add on top of that, he's got a very well-rounded offensive game with above-average athleticism. He can pretty much do it all, and he's definitely an amazing talent. He plays with a ton of confidence. Like, in his mind, there is no defender that will be put on him that he can't get the bucket on. And if you have paid any attention to his draft stock, has skyrocketed he I've seen him anywhere from 37 and I think now he's been up around 19 to 15 in the uh, mock drafts for this year and I'm just interested to see how far that really can go for him I mean that's only six games in and he's jumped up that much and if he can have a really good game tomorrow against a 
high contending team like Duke, that's just going to send them up even farther. So definitely uh, make sure you take every chance that you can to watch this young man play because unfortunately for us, Buckeye Nation, he is definitely a one and done. So this, this year might be your only chance to really watch him in the scarlet and gray. So, and before I get out of here, um, the Lady Buckeyes also have a big game tomorrow. Uh, they are up to number four in the rankings and they will be playing number eight Louisville. And one stat that really stands out with these uh, women Buckeyes is through six games, they have forced 179 turnovers. Like, that is just ridiculous. So, if you are into, like, very aggressive defenses and love watching that type of game, definitely show some support to these women because they are really, really fun to watch. So, I appreciate all your support, and thank you to Chris for stepping in for me on this episode and as always thank you eric for being there too and uh, keep calm and buckeye on all right thank you monk for that i appreciate you i i know you've been uh, under the weather and also uh just had some things happen man and and you took the time out of your day to to make that preview for uh the listeners and we appreciate that uh, looking forward to recording with you again very soon my friend all right, Chris, expectations for the season and for this team. Have they changed for you? Not yet. Uh, like I said, I think that I'm going to temper changing my expectations until I see what happens on December 17th. By that point, we will have faced four teams that I consider really solid. In San Diego State, who we lost to, Texas Tech, which we beat, Duke, who we face tomorrow night, and then North Carolina on the 17th. If we come out of that stretch two and two, three and one, yeah, it's time to t- it's time to consider changing my expectations. Until I see how they do up against a couple more powerhouse teams, I, I'm kind of reluctant to change based on what we have seen so far against, like I said, in many cases, athletically inferior opponents to what we have. Don't sleep on Rutgers either, who we play in yes. there as well. That that's a that's a pretty good basketball team. Um, I know they they lost to Temple. I know they got a game against Indiana <coughs> as well coming up. Who's a very good basketball team? Indiana's right now a top ten team in the nation. But yes. <clears throat> the Rutgers was a very good basketball team a year ago, and I don't think they've changed either. And that that game is on the December eighth, so that's even before. We play um, uh, the Tar Heels on the 17th. So that being said, um, that's another that's another game that I think you might want to have circled. That's the Big Ten opener for us. It is at home, so that's good. It's on a Thursday night in our in our gym before we go on the road uh, the following week to play North Carolina. <clears throat> but that being said, my expectations have changed a little bit, Chris. 
I had very low expectations going into the season for this basketball team. I kind of had a wait and see. What, what will they look like? I'm not really sure. I think we're going to be young. I kind of my expectations for this basketball team, Chris, were the same expectations I had for Penn State football this season. Young wow. might get might get away from them early. Um, will the will the the hot seat get even hotter for um? For uh, Holtman, you know, those kind of things. But so far, he's handled this basketball team and this roster extremely well. And my expectations are growing. My expectations are that they can be an upper echelon Big Ten team. I'm not going to say yet that they're going to compete for a Big Ten championship. But I definitely think that they're going to be an upper echelon Big Ten team that should win more than half their Big Ten games and even surprise some of those upper Big Ten teams here and there. And maybe they can even start to knock the door on competing uh, for a Big Ten championship. But I'm I'm not all the way in on my changing my expectations to the point where I say, yeah, this basketball team uh, could possibly win a Big Ten championship. I'm not there yet, but they're definitely better than what I thought they were, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, they've got a tough stretch coming up. And I think we know on January 1st, when you know, we can, of course, bet on that Ohio State-Northwestern game, uh, I kind of feel like we're going to know which way to place that wager at that point. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that this December run is going to show us a lot about what this team is. And I'll tell you, I think yeah, I'm sad to hear you said that uh, – this is our last year of the ACC challenge because, you know, I love seeing a Duke, a North Carolina come in and, uh, and games like what we're going to see with, you know, North Carolina and number 10, Indiana. You know, I think that's going to be great to sit back and watch and kind of get a preview of what we're going to have facing us here over the course of the next few weeks. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure the big 12, uh, maybe Pac-12, I could see him even doing that. But uh, although I could imagine the Pac-12 is not going to want to uh, compete too much with us. <laughs> they don't like us very much right now. No, not since we stole their L.A. schools. But uh, and maybe you think that has the, the, the ACC doesn't like us too much either because, you know, weren't, weren't they uh, weren't we part of a coalition with them for about two weeks? Yeah, for about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Chris, thanks for jumping on here and recording with me tonight. Uh, uh, the shots from the shot, giving our basketball fans uh, and listeners something to uh, chew on as we prepare for what is going to be a big night tomorrow night. And then in uh, the rest of December, like I said, the monk will be back with me here um and uh, the and Chris, uh, uh, the wild man's going to join the monk every now and then, too, uh, uh, so that we can give you good basketball content throughout the season. It's nice to have a basketball team, Chris, that's relevant. Uh, that's that always makes a good podcast better. Uh, and as if they can start to get really good here and start to make a run, I can see this podcast uh, getting a lot more listens as uh, the the Buckeye fans turn the page from football to basketball. But. Uh, we might get more basketball listening fans right now because that page might have turned quicker this year than in years past, Chris. 
we don't need to go down that path, Eric. We discussed that on Sunday. We don't need to travel that yeah. path. Let's let's not. Let's keep this positive. That's 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 right. That's good advice, man. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Monk, for jumping on, giving us a preview. Uh, hoping we get you back soon. As always, be kind to one another. I O someone's O H and St. Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. And until next time, O H. I O. Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing, oh, highest praise and songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill. And joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, how.